Well, if you blinked, you missed the Mike Elko era at Duke. We'll talk about why Mike may have decided to leave and what might be ahead for the Duke Blue Devils now on today's show. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to today's edition of Locked On ACC. I'm your host, Candice Cooper, joined by Kenton Gibbs of Locked On Wolfpack. Each and every day, you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts. Make sure you download, subscribe to the pod from anywhere. On today's episode, we're going to talk through Mike Elko's decision to depart Duke and head to College Station. He is headed to Texas A&M to be the head football coach for the Aggies. We'll talk about all of that, plus a little bit of Florida State's undefeatedness. And week 13 recap, if we shall, because there were some teams that ended on a high and definitely some teams that ended on a low. Kenton, how are you feeling? How was your Thanksgiving? I feel great. My Thanksgiving was good. Anytime you get free food, anytime you get to be around family and all that is always a good time. Um, and, you know, I, I got to be around my, you know, the adopted family. So it's it was a great time. And, and you know, I'm, I'm just now running out of leftovers. So I'm, I got to put in some calls to get some more of that uh, good, good uh, Thanksgiving food. But all in all, it was a great day. Yeah, well, speaking of leaving, let's talk about how Mike Elko, head, former head coach of Duke football, left in the middle of the night like a thief in the night. 3 a.m. arriving on the Termac. Is it Termac? Termac. That thing, too. Mm-hmm. How are you just in the middle of the night calling the boys up, saying, you know what, it's been real, it's been fun. Couldn't get me that 10 wins. Couldn't give Candace that $300, and I just got to get up out of here. Well, well, that's that's what he that's what he cared about most, mm. the $300. You know, he said, y'all got my girl, Candace Cooper, paying out $300 to that ball such and so who just don't like us can give. No, but very seriously, I mean, hey, good for him. Um, honestly, I'm not sure if Duke deserved him. And don't get me wrong, I know this was a first-time head coach and all that, but when you look at their attendance while he was there, right, especially in year two, after he had such a promising year one, there was only one game all season, only one game all season, that was a sellout, and that was the Notre Dame game. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of that – Notre Dame travels well, yeah. I was just about to say, a lot of that was Notre Dame fans. Other than that – I mean, if you look at this this home attendance here, it's these numbers are tough. Like Wallace Wade is not a stadium of, of 70, 80,000 that it's like, man, you just, you know, it's like the big house in Michigan where if you can fill up 100,000, you got to be doing something magnificent. It's 40,000 seats. Mm-hmm. It's 40,000 seats. So you, you attribute the culture, the environment of what Duke football is to one of the reasons why he left. I mean, yeah, that and it's a business. It's a business, mm-hmm. and and guys are always going to make a business decision. Now, honestly, I don't think that he made a good business decision here. I mm. honestly don't. Do you um, think so, he just ran for the check and not what he could build? Maybe someone told him to go take you know a year. Let's see if he could be a head coach. He did it in exponentially well, and they were like, all right, cool. Yeah, and and here's the thing. I could look back at this and have to eat my words. I very much so could, right? 
if they go on to win a national championship, if Elko goes on to leave a lasting legacy where they build him a statue there, I, I'll I'll be quiet about this. But I think that the reality is he is not prepared for what Texas A&M brings, the problems that that brings. Expectations, opposed, yeah, yeah. Exactly, as opposed to Duke. Duke, again, even after this year, nine wins, seven wins, nine wins, seven wins, nine wins, seven wins. Let's just pretend that he emulates his first two years over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. They build you a statue at Duke. Absolutely. They build you a statue. Do that at Texas A&M. Nine wins, seven wins. Nine wins, seven wins. Nine wins, seven wins. Get out of town. We don't want you. You a lousy such and so. You're everything but a good Christian. And you know they're down there in the Bible, in the the deepest part of the Bible Belt, per se. And yet and still, they're going to call you everything but a good Christian. And you're going to be out the door. So, I mean, I I think it's one of those moments. I think he's going to have better talent at Texas A&M. Yeah, sure. He'll have better talent. Yeah. They have more NIO money. Yeah. Yeah. Shorter yeah. leash. Much shorter leash. And here's here's the thing. There won't be, and this is with all due respect, because I know that there's going to be people saying, oh, Riley Leonard got injured and da-da-da-da-da. The reality is once that coastal situation was done, but my thing is, we like, he needs to be taking his Louis luggage. And we're going to talk about that in a second. And we're going to talk, focus more on Duke. But I think from an Elko standpoint, you know, what he did at Duke was incredible. Cannot take that away from him. I think he changed the perspective of, like, okay, we aren't just raggedy, a team that always loses. We're not Vanderbilt of, you know, the ACC. Like, we absolutely can come in here and beat team. I think he definitely changed the mentality of Duke football, if nothing else. I mean – Yes, but no. I also I also feel like this. Here's the thing: to say you change the mentality of a program is different than saying like, "Hey, you caught lightning in a bottle," or "You got hot." Because mm-hmm. to me, changing the mentality of the program is something that lasts for a good amount of time. Like, and I hate to do this. I hate to do this, but but you're gonna do it, Coach Dorn at NC State, right? There was a point in time at NC State where six games, you know, hey, you get what you get. Not a great season, not a bad season. You get what you get. That team is one of five to win eight or more um, in all all of the last four years. And you could throw Ohio State in there because they only played eight games, including the playoff one year. And so they're, you know, that's kind of unfair to them. But – it's it's basically six teams that have done that. That's that's changing the culture. He has not. But it took him eight years to do it. And I'd argue that, you know, when Mike Elko came in, people were starting to look at Dave Doran like, hey, how come he's able to do this so successfully so quickly? And it's taking you so much longer. But those people were being unrealistic. Again, you Are played they? you played in the division where your champion lost to Georgia Tech. Like, that's that's the reality as opposed to having to play Florida State and Clemson every single year. And, you know, the team that was referenced as a sleeping giant has not woken up, but Louisville, little old Louisville, the boys down there in Kentucky, 
despite their loss this weekend, has turned into a conference championship contender. So the reality is, you know, you can compare this to uh, you compare this to many many different things, and you know, I a lot of people are going to say, hey, at the end of the day, the bigger check and the, the Jimbo style buyout, who wouldn't take that? I'm not not disagreeing with you. Not saying that you're wrong. I'm young Dolphin over here. Get paid, young brother. Get paid. Get the money. But with that being said, I still look at this and I say to myself, Elko, you left where you were going to get built a statue. And I understand that, you know, the fan support was not the best. I give them that. I give them that. But it just seems like one of those moments that, you know, just just moving that quickly up out the uh, building and especially in the middle of the night when you were their backup option. You weren't even the, the guy. Stoops was the guy. You were just the, the girl that was at the bar at 1.50 a.m. and the lights came on and they're like, yeah, I guess. Well, you know, one of our fans commented here and said Elko is fully aware of the situation at Texas A&M. He was an assistant there for several years, which, sure, but being an assistant and knowing the BS and then being the head coach and having to deal with the BS and having your head on the platter and having your head and your name and all the things on the front lines is a whole different ballgame. And and I don't think that any of us, I don't think either of us have said this episode, Elko doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't know what he's walking into. Listen, I... The young man listening to some young thug, and he said, I done got me a check. I got a check. Sheesh. That's where he's going. I ain't mad at him. I ain't mad at him. Generational wealth. Sure. I'm with him. All I'm saying is he left a situation where, I mean, I'm sure he wasn't making exactly chump change at Duke after they just read up on him. Right. And with that being said, again, either way it goes, either way you cut the slice it, he was going to make generational wealth. It's yeah. just one way he was going to get generational wealth and get a statue built and be one of the best teams in the ACC for for quite some time as almost a lock, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, again, at Texas A&M, he has to have consistent and sustained success over an extremely long period of time to do so. Meanwhile, people remember this two years in Duke football for a long, long time. That's very fair. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Game Time. Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. They're obsessed with finding ways to help save money on tickets. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time by downloading the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On College for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Locked On College for twenty dollars off. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Kenton and I talking through the Mike Elko decision to go to Texas A and M, and what does that mean for the Duke Blue Devils? But maybe Mike Elko brings a little bit of Louis luggage with him. If you're Riley Leonard, are you saying, hey, take me with you? Or are you like, hey, I'm going to stick beside this Duke thing? I'm sure there are multiple players that are going to be coming with him. I, I mean, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be shocked at all if I saw Riley Leonard go with him. But I also wouldn't be surprised or shocked if he stayed. You know, like this is a situation where he's grown. That fan base has grown extremely fond. Mm-hmm. Extremely fond of Riley Leonard and all that. So... I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised one way or the other. I mean, this is this is the new era, the transfer portal and all that, and you get one free transfer if your coach leaves and whatnot. And and so 
Uh, I could definitely see multiple guys going over to uh, Texas A&M with Coach Elko. I can see some of the defensive guys, especially going over there. You know, the ones who aren't super seniors or have an extra year of eligibility. Exploring that option would be smart on that part, given Elko's background and defensive mindedness. Um, however, I do agree that I think Riley will stick it out. A Duke degree to me, while I think a Texas A&M degree is great, hear me clear. I think there's something about a Duke degree that, you know, holds a little bit of weight um, around mm-hmm. these parts for life after sports for most of these guys, you know, going pro is not necessary thing, but for Ed Leonard, it could be well and good, you know, playing the SEC, kind of get that taste, but who knows all in all, I sit there and say to myself, where does Duke go from here? What kind of coach do you grab from here? Who wants the Duke job after, you know, such a hard, hot start from Elko. But I mean, the reality is, and this is what I mean by like the the culture wasn't changed necessarily. Mm. The next coach that comes in, nobody's going to expect you to win nine games off the gate. Nobody's expecting that. At least six. It ain't like you got scrubs on the team still. Okay. All right. I'm going to touch your shoulder when I say this, Candace. Don't touch me. Nobody. And when I say nobody, I mean nobody. Not nine, but at least bowl eligibility. I mean, bowl eligibility could be expected, but I mean, even that, how high is that bar in today's world? Like, there's a bowl for everything. Just get the six. Just get the 500. You got three games against the Island of Misfit Toys University, Southeastern Louisiana, Delta Valley, Mississippi uh, Community College. You got got one other school against the Rocket Power Kids. That'll give you three. Now, you just got to go win three games against real teams at some point in time, and you can get there. And I think Duke can do that with this new coach. But who do you pick? Do you pick a young up-and-comer who knows that this is not a landing a stop, but just a landing pad, launching pad? Mm-hmm. God, my, my colloquialisms are off today. You, have, you pick somebody who's young and vibrant and ready to go to build up their resume, or do you pick someone who's a little more – I don't know, even Keel, Garrett, Jason Garrett, who was up for the conversation before, who, you know, probably ain't got nothing else to do, nowhere else to go, totally content with doing what he needs to do to stay. I think that this is a situation where you can't pick an archetype. You have to pick what's best for your university. Because there will what's be... What's best for Duke? I mean, it depends on the guy. Because there will be some up-and-comers who look good, who look flashy, and all that. And they could reproduce what Mike Elko had, could, not saying they they will, it's a slim chance, but they could reproduce what Elko had. Or you could pick a long-term guy, guy that's going, you know, an older guy that's like, hey, this is probably where I'm going to retire out of. You know, we just need to um, have a guy that's going to keep us stable, keep us steady, and keep us with a coach that's not going to leave in the middle of the night. I mean, hey. I know a guy. He's coming all hails from he's coming from New York. Oh, come on. I know a guy. Come on. Come Ain't on. He got much place to do. Place to be expectations are minimal. Come on. Get, he's beat Clemson as well. Uh, listen, don't I don't know what you and Dennis are on this morning. I don't know what you and Dennis are on this morning. I don't know. <laughs> but I, I think that this is the guy you're referring to. Is it not Mr. Baby? It is. It is. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something, okay? The NC State. Why not? The NC State alum in me is saying, yes, go get Dino Baber. They're a great hire. That's what you need. That's what you need, Duke. The ACC coverage guy in me is saying, hold on now. Let's think this thing through. Let's think this thing through. Let's make sure that you're hiring a coach that can get it done. 
Let's make sure that you're hiring a coach that can actually win your ball games at a high level. Because I think that that's going to be important here. Yes, Duke is always going to be a basketball school unless something drastic happens. But let's still get you somebody that fits your program that you say. Okay. No, Kenton, if, when they were winning, everyone was in the Wallace Wade. So he, they just need to find somebody that wins and get it back to the Wallace Wade energy that can sustain it, who's going to stay and keep it going and maybe actually change the culture mentality. J.J. Jackson of Locked On Blue Devils and his uh, the guests that he had on were often asking very strongly for Duke fans to come to the games. That fan support was not there. The energy was not, as, not there. It was during the Clemson and Notre Dame game. The Clemson and Notre Dame games didn't even have extreme like, oh, my God, this is unmatched. We've never seen this before type support. The Clemson game, guess the percentage of that stadium that had that was filled in terms of tickets bought. Guess 80, the percentage. 80%. 79. Okay. I'm yelling because that's just, that's not good. Okay. That's not good for a game in which I told multiple people, I think Clemson is going to win this game, but don't be surprised if Duke pulls off the upset. But you have to understand the reason why there's not fans coming out in droves is because even despite nine wins, it ain't like they somehow beat the best teams. So a Clemson game, I wouldn't see 85, 90%. For a game against, I don't know, Pittsburgh in the season, you haven't won, but six games, you're going barely going to the bowl game. Yeah, I'm not running out there. I'm going to go spend time with my family on Thanksgiving. Like, cause that's just what, where Duke is. But if you get a vibrant coach who gets consistent wins from the ACC at that, then you're going to start to see a more consistent fan base turnout. When Duke played Pitt, Thanksgiving was already over by a few days. But Thanksgiving weekend, people are traveling, doing their thing. I hear you knocking. I'm not going to let you in, but I hear you knocking. Okay? Who's, Duke, who's Duke hiring? Would you hire somebody old or would you hire a young, vibrant young man? You know, I try to turn this into a place like Northern Illinois or something like that to where you keep cycling through these good, exciting head coaches. Excuse me, maybe even like an app state where you keep cycling through these good, exciting head coaches that use your program as a leaping pad to something bigger and better. But, but it's say in Northern Illinois is not a P5 in the comparison to do, but you yeah. think it's the same mentality. They're not, they're not a power five, but in terms of whenever you do well at Duke, Teams with teams are going to write you a blank check. That's just the reality. Whenever you do well at Duke, teams are going to write you a blank check. There are other teams where you could do other schools where you could do well. You know, you can win yourself eight games and nobody's coming with like a bigger check for you than what that school has. If you win eight games at, you know, let's let's say USC, nobody's coming to you with a bigger check. If you win eight games at Florida, nobody's coming to you with a bigger check. Eight games at Bama. Nobody's coming to you with a bigger check. Ohio State, same thing. If you win eight at Duke, somebody is going to say, what are you making now? Throw out your number. Duke is a private university. They don't have to disclose how much their employees make. Tell me how much you make. Make it public to me, and I'll beat it. That's fair. 
maybe Jimbo. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I think that there's a lot of offensive defensive coordinators that are going to be like, hey, you know what? I could stay there for a little bit, two years tops, and kind of get into that mentality. And Nina King, I mean, what can she do, right? She can only do her best, Jennifer. Yeah, well, I I hope that uh, I hope that whatever they do over there goes well. But speaking of offensive and defensive coordinators, Duke, you keep your grubby little hands away from my guy Tony Gibson. You keep why would you even out. say that? Because there's just no way that he's even going there. So I don't even know why you bring that okay. up. Okay, all right, all right. I've heard crazier things. I heard that Mark Stoops was going to Texas A&M, and yeah. then all of a sudden. All we all time. knew that we all knew that the rumor for Elko was real. And we said that a while ago. We tried to cut it down, but it became too loud. Mm-hmm. Too loud at the end of mm-hmm. the day. All right, friends, we got to talk about FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 bucks even if your team if your team wins. Not even if, but if. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOnCollege to get your NFL season together. NFL, FanDuel is the official partner of the NFL. Candace Kitten here talking through week 13 of ACC football. It was a doozy for some, a big consistent for others and so we rock and roll with friday actually ate good felt like a little football on the tube boston college had their senior day unfortunately it didn't quite go that well for them miami dog walked them from start to finish wasn't even close wasn't even a game for real yeah yeah you know the reality is that five game uh that five game winning streak for boston college a little bit of fool's gold in there Little bit of fool's gold. They and got you. They got us. It listen, it got a lot of people, but the reality is that winning streak again, a lot of fool, a lot of fool's gold had a lot of people thinking, man, has halfly turned the corner, has halfly figured it out. And then Virginia can't Virginia Tech rather came and smacked them boys upside the head. Then Pitt came and smacked them boys upside the head. And Miami ends the season as only Miami could, thumping those boys by 25 points. But like we were just talking about Duke, six wins for Boston College. You keep halfway around, no? No. Mm-mm. All right. Absolutely not. Absolutely right. not. This is this is year what four for him. Mm-hmm. Not only are you getting the six wins, but this is six wins where your schedule was charm and soft. A loss to Northern Illinois. A loss to a Virginia Tech team that just barely got over bowl eligible. A loss to a pit team that was one of the worst in the conference. And then a complete shellacking on senior day. On senior day to a Miami team that was coming in off a three-game losing streak. Absolutely not. You don't keep him around. In the words of Usher Raymond, you got him ready to sign them papers. Oh, my gosh. They done took a look into it, but you leave them no option halfway. I think he says. It, now, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. If I'm a Dazio, I'm looking at them saying, hmm, that grass ain't looking so green over there no more, is it? I mean, you thought yeah. the grass was green on the other side? Turns out it's just green where you water it. Because sure. y'all got rid of me for winning seven games a year. Giving you an eight-game year here and there. 
and y'all got rid of me for Mr. Six Game is my ceiling. If that's what y'all want to do, you know. Uh, I hear you. Let's talk about the Saturday matchups that were just as good. Kentucky and Louisville. You know, Louisville, We all you had to do was not embarrass us. You couldn't even get that right. Just finish the season out. Be a team that you know you could be. How the hell do you let them Wildcats come in that game and take it over? Even in Kentucky Blue, Devin Leary is still delivering for the old Wolfpack, isn't he? He said, hey, there's still a chance that my old teammates go to a New Year's Six Bowl. Brothers, we got to get together and get us an upset here. No, but very seriously, this is a game where Louisville, it shows that they weren't mature yet. Mm -hmm. It shows that this team was not prepared to um, to win a big-time football game with a lot of implications on the line in terms of making sure, yes, the ACC championship was already locked up, but they could have also locked up a New Year's Six Bowl and that Florida State is very likely going to the playoff. Mm-hmm. You win this game, you get into a New Year's Six, even with a loss. Mm-hmm. And now that's kind of up in the air. But one final thought on this thing, I said this when I was picking the game, and I'm going to stand by this from now on. From now on, I'm going to stand on it. I said I never pick against Cast Tech guys because it always comes back to bite me in the behind. And young Deion Walker out of Detroit, Michigan, had himself a game, had himself a game in this one. And, of course, I lose. Shout out to you, Mr. Walker. You know, CT number one, second to none. But here we go. I'm, I, I ain't picking against no more cast that guy. I can't do it. I can't do it no more. Wake Forest and Syria. Oh, sorry. Pitt and Duke. Pitt game. Pitt, honestly. If you're going to let Duke, if you're going to let Elko go out, might as well be the Blue Devils with a W against a team yeah. that, just couldn't get it done. Now, it would have been more easy for me to say, I see why Elko left because of a loss to Pitt, because that's head-scratching. However, the fact that he was able to pull that off and then ride on to the sunset, you did those seniors a, a big one. Their junior year, you give them some 9-1 season. The next year, you give them an upset against Clemson. Now you're giving them right off of the sunset senior, senior victory, which has not always been testimony for Duke. So, I ain't mad at it. And in front of a stadium that was half full. Good job. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. Quality win. Quality win in terms of handling this thing and doing what they need to do um, to to pit. You were the better team. Show that you're the better team. Be the better team. That's what they did. And in a moment where you look up and you say to yourself, hey, this Duke team, before we knew, right, before we – when the thought was Stoops is the guy and all that good stuff, you look up and say, hey, when Duke gets their starting quarterback back next year, they'll be just fine. They get a win like this. You know, what turns out to be Elko's last game is a great way to ride off into the sunset for these seniors, and they deserve it for what they've given to this program, realistically. That 9-1 season will live on for a very long time. Syracuse and Wake Forest, a lovingly, lovingly uh, thoughtful comment from Coach Babers, who congratulated the seniors on their senior victory and got bowl eligibility. Like, that's just, you know, as much as you want to talk about him getting fired, which probably is fair, not fair, you can make that judgment call yourself. It was nice to see him still rally around those boys who he spent so much time with to see them get that bowl game eligibility and that last opportunity and beat a solid, you know, all right, Wake Forest team. This this uh, 
this game was not surprising to me, but I think Dino Babers is a very classy guy. Mm -hmm. He's class personified. You know, he he came through and did what needed to be done in terms of just giving them a little statement and all that. But more so than that, this is on the players. Mm -hmm. In a moment where you could easily fold up, in a moment where you could easily say, mm, oh, I'm good. I'm done here. They showed up and they did what they needed to do. They did what they needed to do. And, and so, you know, with that being said, they deserve all the accolades. They deserve all the love. They deserve all the credit because many teams at this junction, at this same junction in their season, they packed it in. They packed it in. I saw a team pack it in that had a lot to play for this weekend. I saw a team say, our original goals aren't on the table anymore. So they gave up. Yeah. But this team here, they they kept fighting, kept battling. You know, I know Forever Orange Girl is very excited to see this team get a win, and they're probably going to end up in the pinstripe bowl or something. They're probably going to end up in the Northeast or in the Midwest for their bowl game. So, you know, they won't be too far of a travel for Q's fans. Virginia Tech and Virginia game, we uh, just – we don't have to stay here long. The Hokies said, all right, I got one for you, and then some, and they did just that. I love Anthony Calandra. I love him. I love him. But King Leo is very right. What are you talking about, Anthony? Y'all are the underdog. Why would you come into why would you go into this game talking your talk, talking your foolishness about, oh man, yeah, we're gonna beat them and we're gonna show everybody how uh how we're we're gonna put ourselves on the national stage after we beat this team. We're gonna show them that this is our state. Anthony, shut up. <laughs> Anthony, shut have you up. looked at your arsenal? They have the better team. They got Chiron drones over there. Anthony, I think you're good. I push you down a flight of stairs to get to Chiron if it was about who could who was gonna be my QB one. What are you oh doing? God. What anyway, uh, yeah. This game, this game was a spank that baby game. That's what yeah. this was. They had yeah. That this wasn't the little brother, big brother thing. This was child abuse. I was ready to call CPS. Excuse me, Virginia CPS, please go get them boys. Go get them boys. They are acting unruly in Charlottesville and not like they was at last time. This is this is adult or child violence. Go get them. 100%. We're going to roll through these games, and then tomorrow we're going to give more in-depth conversation around our power rankings, how we view those teams, give our final thoughts towards each of them. So if you're like, oh, my gosh, where's the in-depth analysis? It's coming. Tomorrow's going to be the day for that. We just had to get that Mike Elko conversation out. But Florida State, Florida, hats off to intake we trust Florida State University 24-15 victory over their rivals Florida you beat Florida you beat Miami solid way to go happy for the Knowles to stay undefeated and I want to say this if the Knowles win in the conference championship you cannot keep them out of the playoff no. you cannot do that no that is a undefeated team that has very wide margins of victory as well cannot Absolutely. keep them out of the playoff cannot Absolutely. do it Based on Plus, the fact that Ohio State looked booty, I don't know how they've been this high ranked, highly ranked this entire year. They look well, like hot garbage. Maserati Marvin looked like a pinto. Well, if Actually, only he didn't look like a pinto, he looked really good. And I go hold you, but go ahead. If only somebody had said, "Oh yeah, the Big Ten is not uh, the ACC is right up there with the best of all the rest of the conferences this year because all the conferences are top heavy and behind their top two to three, maybe four teams." 
everybody else's dog water. If only somebody else would have warned them. And Washington yeah. didn't look that great against Washington State, but here I digress. And Georgia didn't look that great against Georgia Tech. Can we talk about it? Come on, Yellow Jackets. If this didn't give y'all inspiration that y'all are better than what your record shows. You know. 31-23 victory for the Bulldogs. However, nobody, and I mean nobody, gave them an eight-point margin of victory. No, not at all. I mean, they they ruined many a parlay on this day. Um, and, and the reality is Coach Key has that team moving in the right direction. This was a year where of moral victories. There we go. This was a, say what? Go ahead. This was a year of moral victories. Mm-hmm. After this, you got to actually get it done now. Yeah. Year two, three, going forward as a full head coach, no more moral victories, Key. You win it or you don't, brother. That's going to be the rule here. Yeah. So this very close loss to a Georgia team that has been curb stomping the SEC. Mm-hmm. Just kicking their way through that thing like it's nothing. Yep. This is now a moment where you look at Georgia Tech and say, All right, yeah. I'll see you. Yeah. I'll see you. Y'all got something rolling down in the 404. Now keep it going. Keep 100%. building. Get better. Clemson, South Carolina. Clemson picking up a victory for the ACC, beating them 16 to 7. You know, South Carolina just is what they are. Good win for Clemson to come into, you know, the Gamecock territory, pick up that victory. You know, it's not a Clemson ending that we all would have thought in terms of how they did overall this season, but nonetheless, they were be- they are better than what they rolled out, I would say. You know, Clemson won the Palmetto game and and um uh Palmetto Bowl rather, and um good job to them. But I just want to say this. If another team playing a day flag on my field, I don't care if we lost. Brother, keep your flag to yourself. Keep your flag to yourself. Are you don't sure look about at that? me like that. Are don't you look sure at me about like that? that. I'm a Are thousand percent sure about that. I'm a thousand percent sure about that. A billion percent sure about that. Get off my field. You won the game. That's no crazy because home. I saw a lot of pictures going around from last year's game where NC State planted a flag at North Carolina. And What's that? Oh, okay, yeah. What? Your headphone going out? My yeah, I, I think there was a short there. I think there was a short there. It's I'm funny. just saying I personally wouldn't take that. I wouldn't take that type of disrespect. Oh, okay. And then calling them pieces of crap from the head coach. Like that too is crazy. And so I can know we talk you're about the you're here to defend. No, because like at the end of the day, I'm disappointed. I think this is probably the worst I've ever seen North Carolina play a rivalry game, end of season game, and just overall, it was as you said, people who had goals, those goals got, you know, revised, and they said, you know what, F it. Like we're not playing. The fact that Kamari Morales is already in transfer portal lets me know everything I need to know. Like I think it's just it was very fitting for a team that honestly gave up after Virginia loss. After that Virginia loss, that was an entirely different program. And, I mean, we don't have to stay here long. They got dog walked. Like, absolutely did. And deservedly so. Good good on state for making you pay. Three years in a row. It's crazy work. Get Kind of like the Michigan-Ohio State vibe. But it's just, at the end of the day, you start to look within. And if they're going to get rid of Ryan Day, hell, why can't you get rid of Matt Brown? I'm going to tell you this. Any child that's under the age of four years old doesn't know a world where UNC has beat NC State at football. Yeesh! Insane. With that being said, I mean, um, it's a very low bar, but go for it. Go for get it, get it out. To the, with that, where it goes the spoils. I mean, with that being said, um, 
Yeah, this was an embarrassment. Like, very seriously, wire to wire. It was never even competitive. I mean, yeah. as as there needs to be a, a day of reckoning in that program because this mm-hmm. is the second year straight with an utter collapse down the stretch. Last year, losing to a four-string quarterback in this game. This year, losing to a quarterback who was the starter, that got benched, that got back to starter because I mean, the starter. I that Joker been in for six years, so I really don't feel that. That's not really, like, the sticking point to me because Brendan Armstrong played well at Virginia against Carolina. So it's like he's used to that sort of want-to-beat-Carolina mentality. Absolutely, but I'm saying as a program, you have to feel – you have to feel away when a quarterback doesn't throw a pass all week in practice. Kevin Concepcion was, you know, banged up during the game. And yet and still, this team just, you know, it was belt to behind season. They spot an op, they whooping them, in the words of Baby Trial. That's what happened here. Um, this is a tough moment. This is a tough moment. And I remember seeing on Twitter – Oh, this multiple players on the team mentioned the fl- the flag being planted in Keenan Stadium. They remember and all that good stuff. And now all the post-game stuff about Dora talking about. I'm gonna tell you this much. Like I said, going into this game. You're two- okay with Doran saying those things? There are yes, it's a robbery. There are two things that need to happen. No. I was okay with Drake May saying, hey, people that no, go people that go to NC State are the one. <laughs> This is such full of crap. Oh when did I ask? When have I ever asked oh a rival God. to apologize for saying bad things about their rival? Oh my God. But there are okay. two things. There are two things that Carolina needs to do. And I mean this very seriously. If Carolina ever wants to be competitive in this game going forward, right? Because six of the last eight is not, that's not ideal. There are two things with, that this team needs to do. Number one, stop saying this is NC State Super Bowl. My brothers in Christ. You had the same record. Why were you not playing like it was your Super Bowl? What imaginary goal was out there for you? That I'm not didn't spending here longer than 60 seconds, so get it all out. And the last thing that I will say is there needs to be a new level of, of either leaning into who you are or being tougher. Fully lean into, hey, we're the guy. We, You know what? We're better than you. We're flashier than you. We're above you. You are little brother. We are everything. Everybody in the nation loves us. People in the region barely know you. Lean into that. Lean into that. Stop this. Oh, we got to be, you know, we got to be. The university made Drake may apologize for those comments. Why? For what? Don't do that. Lean into it. This is your rival. You're going to say bad things about your rival. That's how rivalries go. So stop saying it's their Super Bowl and lean into the rivalry, and you might just find yourself a winner every now and then in this thing. I'm so glad I graduated 10 plus years ago, and this is not my testimony. But here we are. This is the end of the season. Regular season victories have come and gone. We're on to bowl season, ACC championship, Florida State and Louisville, as we predicted, even though they doubted us. And now we just get to give our grades and our power rankings tomorrow, which is what we will do. So for Candace Cooper and Kendi Gibbs, we hope you come back tomorrow to really get into how your team performed in 2023. We'll talk about all of that next time.